Hey, this is Pastor Ty, and we want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction today. Uh, when you hear this message, we want you to know that we've been praying and praying that your faith will grow and be encouraged and challenged. And we really want you to know that we, we love that you're here. But what would help us is if you would subscribe, rate this, review this, and, and share it online. You can also help us by partnering with us. And a lot of people call Cowboy Junction home that attend on our online campus. But when you join us financially, you're really being a part of the team. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash give, and uh, that'll help us so much. Uh, thanks again for being here, and I hope you enjoy this message. When it comes to faith, a lot of us have a dip-our-toes-in-the-water approach. If you show me how it will work, I can get in. Stronger faith takes the cannonball approach. Jump in feet first and figure out the temperature later. In that intro video, they have a lot of people jumping into a pool. And if I were to pull everybody, how many of you jump into a pool feet first or do you like dip your toes? If you jump in feet first, raise your hand. If you dip your toes... Oh, man, I'm going to pray for y'all because dipping your toes is just, it makes you not want to get in. So anyway, uh, I get the privilege to speak the word of God to you today, and uh, we're in a series called Stronger Faith. And before we get into that, I just want to tell you how amazing Camp Crossfire was that you just saw. God did incredible things. Now, we like to have fun at camp. That's part of the draw for students, but our main goal is that people find Jesus. And we had nine people accept Jesus for the first time. We have four students get baptized, and that's why we do it. So if y'all will, what an incredible time. We got the best camp speaker in the world. He, <laughs> that's right. He tries to quit every year, and they say he can't. Oh, that's not true. That's, that's when you don't know how to respond to that, because that's your boss, you know? We're talking about faith, and this series has been incredible. And uh, I want to tell you, if you missed last Monday, you have to go back and listen to it on the podcast. Pastor Ty's message on the Holy Spirit will literally change your life. It, will, it, it was a word straight from God, and if you've missed it, you can get on our website and listen to it there. You can get on podcasts and listen to it there. You can even go to YouTube and watch it there, but I promise you, you do not want to miss that message, so go back and listen to it. Uh, I love talking about faith. Like, it's kind of essential to what we do as Christ followers, um, in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And uh, so we know that faith is a big deal. Uh, but when you start talking about faith, uh, can you break it down and ask what it is? And so every time that I start talking about faith, I start asking myself, well, what is faith? And thankfully, the Bible tells us what faith is. And in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is. If you had any question, you can't have any question after it says, now faith is. It is about to give you the definition, and it says, it's not going to be up on the screen. I'm just going to tell you to you. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. That's faith. It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. Wow. Okay, God, but what does that really look like? How do I do that? 
And so if we're going to talk about faith, we got to talk about what we don't see. Because faith is the very evidence of the things we don't see. I would say that 99.99% of us would say they've never seen Jesus face to face. There might be like .01 who have, and that's really cool. But for most of us in the room, we have not seen Jesus face to face, and it is our faith that tells us he is real. Right? So faith is a big deal. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And I started just chewing on faith and, God, what do you want me to talk about? What, what do you want to say? And I believe that if we're going to have stronger faith, we have to have stronger vision. Now, it's funny to me that this scripture says walk by faith and not by sight, and then we talk about vision. Now, if you've ever been to a leadership conference, they're going to hound vision into you. Man, you got to know where you're going. you got to see the big picture. As a leader, you got to see everything that no one else sees, and then you got to drive them. you got to drive with them, lead the way to the vision. And so vision, it's funny that we use the word vision to describe what we don't see and where we're going because we don't see it. So really, we could use the word faith because it's all about what we don't see. So I want to talk to you about stronger vision. And I believe in vision. Man, I love vision. If someone starts talking about something, I just get amped up. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. And most of the time, I don't actually think about what it's going to take to do it. Uh, (laughs) I'm just like, we could do it. Let's go. Let's build a church on the moon. Yes. I will pilot the ship to get there, and I've never flown anything in my life, not even a, a, a drone, okay? So, like, but that's, that's how much I love vision, and, and I'm like, it, it amps me up, and, and I've got a nickname around here called All the Way Jeff Ray because I don't think before I talk, and I'm just like, yes, I can do it, and then they're like, you have to be at uh, the place at 4.30 in the morning, well, stink. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how much vision means to me. And I believe that it's important. So I started taking a look at what the Bible says about vision. And in Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, the King James Version says where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And as a preacher, man, you could preach that all day long. You're like, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to walk into a street, and you're not going to know there's a car coming. And I don't know, you're just making that up. You know, but you're like, you got to have vision. If you don't have a goal, if you don't know where you're going, you, you hit nothing 100% of the time when you don't aim at something. You know, like, we can preach that. And I was like, okay, God. I'm ready to preach that. And he said, you got to go deeper. Because nine times out of ten, as Christians, we want to stay at the surface level instead of digging deeper to see what God may be trying to tell us. And so it's like, okay, all right, Lord, well, what does that mean to go deeper? So I started looking at this uh, scripture, and I started chewing on I like that the New King James says where there is no revelation. And so I started looking at what that meant. I'm going to talk about that slide for a second, but don't put the next one up yet, okay? So that word revelation in the Hebrew, 
I can't tell you what it is because I'm not that cool, but I can tell you what it means, and it means divine communication. So it says, hold on on the slide, where there is no divine communication, the people cast off restraint. When you aren't talking to God, you can start getting out of line and start going places you don't want to go and doing things you don't want to do because you're not hearing the voice of God. Where there is no divine communication. If Jesus paid for relationship, it wasn't so that we could boast about a relationship on Facebook that we don't have. It's so that we could go deeper and we could know him and not just be taking the benefits from him like a genie in a bottle. And this got to me because I like to I like faith. I like praying for God. I believe I'm going to receive the Powerball, you know, like, yes, Lord, I'll tithe. (laughs) I will buy us a new building. And everybody said amen. But God said it's not good enough to stop at that word. You've got to look at what cast off restraint means. It's okay. And so this is what it means. You go to the next slide. This is what I've come up with, my interpretation of this scripture, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no divine communication, the people act as leader. That's what restraint means. You act as the boss. When you're not talking to God, you take control. But blessed is he who keeps watch, who keeps watches and waits for instruction. That totally changes everything. It changes the game. When I'm not talking to God, I can get into a place where I start to actually believe that I run my life. And every time I've been in charge of my life, I have done something I've regretted. Every time. Because I just, I'm all over the place. I wonder. I wonder how many of us have tried to take control and say this, this, this is what we do. God, you're giving me the big picture. You're giving me the vision. I've heard from you. But don't take me the way you want to go. Let me decide how we're going to get to the vision. Uh Uh-oh. I'm like, Lord, why are you messing with me? It doesn't necessarily always feel good to hear divine communication because part of divine communication is discipline. And God correcting me and saying, hey, you got to do this a little bit different. I want you to do it my way. Somebody needs to know tonight, like I needed to know this week, and the Lord said it so clear. He said, Jeff, the most important thing is not bigger vision. It's more divine communication. If you want to go where I have promised you you will go, you've got to spend more time listening to me. How many of you have a dream in the room? You got something you want to do? You got a dream? It's awesome. I just want you to know I just set you up. God said something to me. He said, Jeff, I didn't give you a dream. A dream is something you try and accomplish. I gave you a promise, and I do promises. I gave you a promise. This is what I'm going to do with your life if you'll submit your life to me. I gave you a promise. When God showed up to Abraham, he said, 
I will make you the father of many nations. Abraham heard the vision and tried to take it into his own hands with his wife by sleeping with her maidservant and trying to get the promise before God was ready to give it to him. What he heard is, you will make you a father of many nations. What God said was, I will make you a father of many nations. Our promise from God has nothing to do with us and everything to do with his kingdom. God is all about kingdom, and he's all about partnering with us to build it. Thank God I love building the kingdom. There is nothing greater. There is nothing more satisfying than seeing somebody who didn't have hope, who didn't know that God loved them, who was down in the dumps. Life had hit them so hard. See hope for the first time because they heard of a God who would let them start again, who didn't, they don't have to die for because he died for them. There's nothing greater. It's incredible to see that, to witness that. Our vision is not about us. It's about the kingdom of heaven. And if I hold on to that, man, wow, I can go somewhere. He's going to make a way. I love the song that we sang, The Promise Still Stands. The promise still stands, even when you don't see it. Because remember, we're talking about greater faith. If we're talking about stronger faith, we have to understand the things we don't see. It's all about vision, and vision is divine communication. When you're in divine communication with God, he'll tell you where to go, how to get there. Sometimes he just says, go. And you say, where? To the place I'll send you. And you have to start walking. Because where there is divine communication... A response from us has to be full submission. When God is talking to you and I, his desire is for us to obey what he's asked of us. Obedience is God's love language, in case you didn't know. There is nothing more satisfying to me as a father than when my children do what I ask them. And if I'm made in the image of God, then I know the same goes for him. I got to be obedient. I got to be obedient. We're going to look at a story in, uh, because I don't believe that it's, it's, you can talk about stronger vision, which is divine communication and building our faith, without talking about submission to authority. So let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he had heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Now, just to break this down for you, Jews did not like Romans. They were under Roman control. They believed that the Messiah was going to overthrow the Roman government. So for them to have a relationship with a Roman centurion soldier was a big deal. That didn't happen. It goes on. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. 
Wow. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Go ahead to the next one. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. Now, this story perplexed me. Because Jesus is Jewish, he's walking with Jewish people who are following him, and a centurion, a Roman, who would be a Gentile, who would be an outsider, asked Jesus to come to his house. Jesus, as a Jew, has every right to say, you're unclean, I don't have to enter your house. But he doesn't, because Jesus goes places no one else will go. And maybe we should too. And he turns at them and he says to a bunch of Jews who believed they were the only ones who could have faith, said, I have never seen such great faith, not even among you. That's salty. Like, ooh. I used to read this story thinking that it said, for I am a man of authority. And then I started reading the story, and it says, for I'm a man placed under authority. Having authority is not as important as being able to submit to authority. God will never give you authority without first placing you under authority to see how you respond. You know what happens? I, used, I did this all the time. I would say, if I was the boss, I would do things different. And you know what God would say to me every single time? You can't even show up and do what they asked you. What makes you think you could run the place? Well, Jeff, I don't like my boss. God does not care. He said, I have placed you. So if you are under the authority, you have to recognize that all authority is placed by God. And that means I have to submit to authority, not because I like the authority, but because I love God and I do everything under him. Faith. Jesus said, no greater faith have I ever seen because the guy had divine communication that all I have to do is understand authority and you will be able to do what you have the power to do as Jesus. He understood, I have a boss who tells me what to do and I have people underneath me who do what I tell them to do. Wow, that's great faith. That's incredible faith. And when we understand authority, we start to understand obedience. You say authority in some places, and they're like, I don't like that word. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a cool word. Let's not talk about authority. Or if you get in, you know, the youth, they say, you say the authorities, and they think when you say authority, they think you're only talking about police officers. For some reason, I'm like, I don't know why, but that they do. It's like the authorities, the laws, you know. But God has placed all authority. Notice that Jesus was not concerned about political things here. He was concerned about spiritual things because spiritual power is way better than political power. My bad. I need to move on. 
Let me tell you what faith isn't. Faith isn't understanding why. It's trusting God even when you don't understand why. That's faith. My children, I have three. They're six, they're five, and two. And I will ask them to do something. And the number one answer I get right now when I ask them to do something is, why? And nothing makes me more angry than my child asking me why. And everything in me says, because I said so, I'm your dad. I'm your dad. That's all you need to know. I'm your dad. Just do it. My wife found this thing by Lisa Brevere called Moms of Men. And it has been life-changing for us as parents. Because I'm only six years into this parenting game, and it's tough. If I could quit, I probably would, but I can't. They're with me. Because it's hard. It is so hard. Being a parent. Like if you just got married, wait to have kids. Enjoy your marriage. (laughs) Kids are a blessing from the Lord, but you have to work for it. You get, someone told me you get the blessing when you are a grandparent. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not because I'm not there. I asked my kids, Lisa Brevere, she says this. She says, I ask my children all the time, and we adopted this. And if you're, if you're a parent, this is such great parenting advice. And, and, and it's not mine. I'm robbing it from Lisa. And she says this. I ask my kids, how do we obey? And then she tells them the answer. We obey right away. We obey all the way. We obey the happy way. Right away, all the way, the happy way. This changed my parenting like, wow. Because now when my son argues about what I've asked him to do, I don't even look. I don't even mess with the arguing. I just say, are you obeying right away? And he goes, I don't know why it makes him cry, but it does. He's like, no. I'm like, why are we crying? Just obey right away. It's not that hard, dude. It's not that hard. And then I start talking to God, and he's saying, you do the same thing to me. I tell you to talk to the person in Walmart, and you say, why, God? It's Walmart. Have you seen the lines? That person is weird. I don't want to talk to them. I swear I saw them on the people of Walmart. And God is saying, are you obeying right away, right now? Delayed obedience is not obedience. Right away. If God tells you to wait and do something in two weeks, then obedience is waiting and doing it in two weeks, not doing it before. Sometimes we get so excited about something that we do something before God asks us to do it, and we mess up what he's trying to do. And then Thankfully, grace comes in, and he can work it all out. But sometimes we don't do it when he tells us. It's all about timing, his timing. Then the second thing, I love this one, is all the way. All the way is such a good one. Because you know what? I will tell Micah or Peyton. Rylan, I don't tell him because he just throws it in the trash. Everything goes in the trash. Doesn't matter what it is. Everything goes in the trash. And uh, so I'll tell Micah, I'll say, take these jeans Put them in the jean drawer, close the drawer. Do you know where it ends up 99% of the time? The floor in front of the drawer. 
And I'm like, why? You were right there. All you had to do is pull it out and put it in the stinking dresser. And then close it. Like, you stopped short. And God says, how many times have you stopped short when I've asked you to do something and you stop in front of the dresser? And on the other side of that obedience was a miracle. On the other side of that obedience was something that he was going to give back to you. And I stopped short at the stinking dresser. And all I had to do was pull out the drawer. Partial obedience is still disobedience. If God has asked you to do something or asked me to do something, he wants us to do it all the way. And that's how we have strong. Remember, we're talking about stronger faith. All this goes together. Divine communication. I understand authority. And because I understand authority, I obey God even when it doesn't look like it's getting me to the promise he told me. Obedience. Obedience. And then the happy way. We might be able to get two out of three, but a lot of times that third one gets real difficult. I remember as a kid, uh, I have three brothers and a sister, and I'm the middle child, so I always had to do the chores. (laughs) Any middle children that want to start an echo group, just come talk to me afterwards, and... And my mom would say, Jeff, take out the trash. And I would do it right away. And I would do it all the way. I took the trash to the dumpster. But all the way to the dumpster, why do I got to take out the trash? My little brother Greg ain't doing nothing, and he never has to do anything. And I don't understand why mom's asking me when I'm just trying to sit here on AOL Instant Message talking to my friends. I've waited all day for this one person to get online, and as soon as they get online, you ask me to take out the trash. And when I got back, they were gone. Mom, you are messing up my life right now. Happy way, the happy way. And God showed me this. He said in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Sometimes God allows us to go through things that aren't good for the joy that was set before us because on the other side of the pain is the promise that he gave you. Jesus understood this. Jesus is in the garden. He brings the top three disciples. I mean, you wanted to be one of the top three. You wanted to be Peter. You wanted to be James. You wanted to be John. They got to do everything with Jesus. They saw the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw things that other disciples didn't get to see. And it's like, these are the three that are just... Full of faith. And Jesus says, come with me. My soul is anxious even unto death. Jesus dealt with anxiety. Jesus knows how you feel. If you feel like all of anxiety and depression is sitting on you, Jesus knows what it feels like. 
because he said to his disciples, I am anxious even unto death. I don't want to do this. And he says, pray with me. And he goes over here, a stone's throw away. If you're like me, that's not very far. And he starts to sweat, drops of blood. And he says, God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because stronger faith, here's divine communication. There is no other way. But on the other side of your death, there will be resurrection for all people. There will be resurrection for those who are lost to come back into the relationship that I desire for them. On the other side of this, there is a promise that your name and and Jesus. Now, you know why Jesus is the name above every name? Because he submitted himself to the one who had full authority. is the God that we serve. He understands stronger faith because he spent time with God. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Luke and, uh, and it talks about how Jesus was about to choose the disciples and he prayed all night about who to surround himself with. Maybe some of us should take that approach to our friends. Maybe I need to pray a little bit more about the people I'm gonna do life with. stronger faith, stronger authority. And Jesus goes all the way to the cross and all the way to resurrection because of obedience. He didn't necessarily want to, but he did anyway. Because stronger faith says, God, though you slay me, still I will trust you. Even when it doesn't make sense, I will follow you. There's this awesome story about Peter, and we're done. Peter, I love Peter, because me and Peter have a lot in common. We got foot and mouth disease. You open your mouth and stick it in. Sometimes I don't think about what I say. And sometimes your greatest gifting is also your greatest weakness. And there's times when Peter would say stuff like, Now, Jesus, you can't be going around telling people that you're going to die. That's not cool, dude. And Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. But then there's other times when Jesus asks the question and says, who do men say I am? Some say you're you're a prophet. Some say you're Elisha. And he says, who do you say I am? And he doesn't even think twice because he's had divine communication with the Father. And he says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I no longer call you Jonah, but I call you Peter, for on this rock I will build my church. And later on, I love that. Peter, he he knew faith. He had faith, and sometimes he didn't, sometimes he did, and it feels a lot like our life. Sometimes we have faith, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we can believe it when we don't feel it, when we don't see it, and sometimes we can't. And Jesus sends the disciples. He says, I'm going to stay and pray. i got to get with God. You guys go back across the Sea of Galilee. I'll meet you there. I'm surprised they didn't ask how, because I would have. I'm like, Jesus, we got the boat. <laughs> like, All right. 
and in the middle of them of their obedience to God there comes a storm what you can obey God and there'll be a storm yes sometimes in the middle of our obedience there's a storm and all the other disciples are freaking out and then on top of there being a bad storm they see a ghost is that somebody walking on is that a ghost oh my gosh if the storm doesn't kill us the ghost will Peter does something so interesting. Instead of saying, Jesus, if it's you, calm the storm. He says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to walk on water. Because sometimes stronger faith isn't asking God to calm the storm. It's asking God to do something impossible through you. It's asking God for you to jump out on the waves and be able to walk. That's stronger faith because of divine communication, because of submission to authority. When you're in the storm, there will be times that God will calm the storm, but there will be times when he gives you the power and the strength to walk on top of the waves and to remind yourself that it is not you. It is Jesus who is the strength and the hope of your life. It is Jesus. Faith is not asking God to do something. It's asking God to do something impossible in you instead of impossible for you. Do something impossible through me, God. I can't walk on water, but if you tell me to come, bet money I'm jumping out the boat. I don't know how. I don't know why this came out of my mouth. It was an all the way Jeff Ray kind of moment. I said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to jump. Okay, jump. All right, Lord. And I jump. Because his divine communication will never lead you down a path that he can't make straight. It will never take you to a place that he doesn't have a plan. Would you stand up on your feet with me? Maybe today you're in the middle of an impossible situation. You're in the middle of of a storm you're saying I've been obedient to God he's asked me to do something and I'm doing it and all of a sudden it's like all hell broke loose in my life but God why is all hell breaking loose if I'm just doing what you asked me to do and the answer is so that all hell can see that the God who quiets the storm is the same God who will empower you to walk on top of the storm. So all hell can know that there is only one true God and his name is Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Our prayer partners, if you'll come and get ready. If there's anybody in this room who would be honest enough to say, my faith is weak, I don't have hope. I don't feel like I'm hearing God. That divine communication you were talking about, I don't, I don't know what that is because I can't hear him. Would you just be honest enough tonight? I want to pray for you. Would you be honest enough tonight to raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room? I see those hands. Anybody else? You can put those hands down. I want to pray for you. 
God, right now, for every person in this room who is struggling with their faith, they don't know why they're going through what they're going through. God, I pray that this message, your word, would encourage them to not ask why, but to obey right away, all the way, the happy way, to stay strong in the middle of the storm because you are there. And just like you said, David said, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. So we can know, even if we don't feel it, that you're always with us. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would remind them that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, I pray if they have said, I can't hear your voice, that they would be reminded that you wrote it down for them so they could read it when they couldn't hear it. They could be reminded of all the promises that you gave them and that every promise in you is yes and amen. There is not a battle that God has ever lost. He has won every single one and I declare hope and faith to every person who's struggling right now in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone else with your heads bowed and eyes closed, you're saying, I've never met this Jesus you're talking about. Let me tell you right now, he's not mad at you. He's not waiting to beat you over the head with a big stick because you're a sinner. He died on a stick so that he could rescue you. He's not ready to beat you with it. He's ready to pull you in because he died on the cross. If you need to accept Jesus for the very first time in your life, would you just lift up your hand right now? Is there anybody in the room? God, I thank you right now that you're a God of hope, that there is faith for us because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. If you started a work in us, you're going to be faithful to complete the work in us, God. God, we love you. And we're going to stay focused on who you are, knowing that your word says, for those whose minds are stayed on you, you will keep them in perfect peace. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Man, God's good. If you, I know no one raised their hand, but if, you're, if your heart's beating a million miles an hour right now, and you're saying, I've got to meet this Jesus, we're going to be right over here at the next steps table ready to pray with you if you're going through something i encourage you go to one of these prayer partners they are full of faith and they want to agree with you the prayer of agreement is so powerful that being said i know this jesus loves you pastor ty and heather love you i love you go be the body of christ and love god and love people with no limits we'll see you next week have a great week